The following podcast is brought to you by Babe Media. I'm Emma Clark. And I'm Kelsey Burdett. You know those people you follow that just seem to get it? They have the Instagram content that you actually watch. They own the brands that you just can't stop buying from. And they tell the stories you actually remember. The kinds of people that leave you wondering, how do they do that? Well, we follow them too. And we have the exact same question. Join us as we interview the people that leave us thinking, oh, they get it. Hi, everybody. On this week's episodes, we have a very special guest, very close to our hearts, the one and only Mary Young of Mary Young, the lingerie brand. She's based here in Toronto. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more when we get into the conversation. But Mary is one of the co-founders of Babe Media, which is our podcast network. And she's been so instrumental in helping us basically like systematize how we're scaling this podcast and where we're headed with it. And she's just a really brilliant entrepreneurial mind. And we cover a lot of really good topics in these three parts. Yes, we do. And what I love about Mary and what I think you're going to notice in our series with her is she is so rooted in her values. She is the definition of your business being an extension of what you think the world should look like. And I think that's why I really look up to her is like she's not in the business of getting rich. She didn't start Mm -hmm. Mary Young to get rich. She started Mary Young because she wanted people to be able to see themselves in the products they were buying. And and she wanted to be able to pay people well. She wanted to be able to produce in Canada. And it's just really phenomenal. I think it's a really good reminder Like you can. You don't have to sell your soul to become an entrepreneur or to have a successful business. You can do it in a way that feels good to you. And actually, that's probably going to make you more successful because people can pick up on that. People can pick up on if you're just doing something because you see it as a money-making opportunity versus you're doing something because you really love it. So yeah, in this first episode, we hear all about Mary's founding story, how Mary Young came to be, and lots of good stuff. So let's just get right into it. Let's do it. All right. It is time for our brand of the week that we're loving, and that brand is Midday Squares. Ugh. Okay, first of all, their products are amazing. So basically, they notice this gap in the market of like, there's no real like snacks that are targeted towards afternoon. There's so many things targeted towards morning, but what about the afternoon? What about when you hit that slump and you're craving a chocolate bar, but maybe you want something a little bit healthier? Midday squares, you don't have to compromise. Their bars have a lot of protein in them, a lot of healthy fats. They're really good for you. They have good for you ingredients, but they also taste amazing, especially their peanut butter. Yes. The pro tip of the century is peanut butter. If you're looking for a healthier Reese's cup, this is it 100%. Oh, they're absolutely delicious. And not only is their product amazing, like I was saying, but the people behind this brand are just top notch. We had Nick, one of the founders on the podcast. He is absolutely hilarious. He's so smart. They just are all heart. And so if you don't follow them on Instagram, go check it out. They do a really good job of brand storytelling. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're looking to start a business, if you want an honest look behind the scenes of starting any brand, but especially a CPG brand, go check it out. We're such big fans of Midday Squares. So eat them check them out on social. They also have a really good podcast. And if you do want to make an order, we have a code for you. It is Emma C 15. The link in the code will be in the show notes for you. 
We are back with another episode. Today we have Mary Young with us. She's a dear friend of ours because she's one of the co-founders of Babe Media, which is where we're signed to with the podcast. And she also has her own brand, Mary Young. So Mary, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Amazing. So as we always do, give us the background. What is Mary Young and how was it started? Mary Young is my name and my brand, so I wasn't super (laughs) creative when I came up with my brand name, but it actually started when I was studying at Ryerson University. I was studying fashion communications, so a bit more of the business and branding side of fashion, everything outside of designing and production. And then in Mm -hmm. my fourth year, I had the great idea to just be an overachiever and do a double thesis, one being a fashion design thesis and one being a fashion communications. And that's really when I started to study the lingerie industry because it never appealed to me, but I wanted to understand it a little bit more. And after digging deep into it, I realized it didn't appeal to me because there was really nothing there for me. I wasn't the ideal Mm -hmm. beauty and definition of a sexy woman in lingerie. And I did not affiliate with any of that. So my Mm -hmm. thesis collection was actually a five piece lingerie collection that was soft cups, no wire, no padding, no lifting, no reshaping the body basically. And that was Mm -hmm. the kickoff for Mary Young. And a few short months after I graduated university, I launched Mary Young in the fall of 2014. And so it's been just over seven years and a very wild ride since. I believe that. I was actually just listening to The Skinny Confidential on a walk this week and Emma Greed was on. And I think she's so killer. She's the one that co-founded Good American with Khloe Kardashian. Okay, so she knows Mm -hmm. her stuff. And she said, by far, the two hardest industries to make a go of it at in fashion are lingerie slash swimwear and denim. And that's what the American does. So I have to imagine like, you're young, you've never done this before. Why lingerie? Well, at first, it was because I was a student and I thought I would save money producing a clothing collection, like five pieces out of Mm. two meters of fabric versus five pieces out of 20. So that's really where it came from was trying to be scrappy and save money as a student. And then as I was good business industry, I knew okay, there is something wrong with what we're being told as consumers, what women are being told, what men are being told. And I never thought about what I wore in terms of like lingerie or underwear. I didn't care what it looked like. I just really wanted something practical and functional. I would always cut the bows off of it. So I thought I'm Mm -hmm. not like a present to be unwrapped and I don't need like a bow in between my boobs. So once (laughs) I looked at that, I realized, you know what, I can't be the only person that feels like this, that thinks this doesn't work for me, but it's something I wear every single day. And being Mm -hmm. naive and being young are very uh, helpful things when you're starting a a business in an industry that's very competitive and very small at the time. Yeah, I believe it. And so, I mean, obviously, Mary Young is still thriving today. So it's worked out. How was that initially after you launched? What was that experience like? It was well received. Yeah, it was definitely well received. Being naive, I thought it would go the traditional route of a clothing brand and being picked up in stores and have wholesale accounts. And that's really how I would sell. And then it was sort of the opposite. I launched on Shopify, had our own website, and started Mm -hmm. selling online more than stores. And so I was like, okay, the business plan needs a version two for selling online more than selling in stores. Mm 
it was definitely slow and steady, but I had a lot of great support early on and some friends that worked in media that were able to give the company some mentions and some backlinks, which helped our SEO and allowed us to grow a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have like a creepy moment for you. Before we ever met, I actually read a feature that Shopify had done on Mary Young, was looking it up, and there was one that re- was released on in 2019. Was there one before that too? Because I swear it was I think there was one before. There, I think it was like 2016 yeah. or 2017. Yeah, it was like, okay, it so- feels like a lifetime ago. I, well, yeah, I bet you it's like completely different businesses at this point. I was mm-hmm. applying to Shopify and I was trying to do my research and I read mm-hmm. all about your story and I actually used Mary Young in my interview to talk about like why e-commerce makes sense and how oh, it was wow. impacting businesses. And so I think it's just really cool though, because that wasn't the norm. This was not no. that long ago, but still, like you mentioned, retail was the way to go. How mm-hmm. many of your professors and the people who were so instrumental to you at the beginning were like, what are you thinking? I think some of them were just like, you know what, do what you want to do. Good for you. But I had one professor, she was super supportive. She was actually a fashion design professor. So she gave me free time that she did not have to because I was not one of her students. But her name's PY. And she is a legend at Ryerson. She is like one of the best professors. She gave me so much support and encouragement to do what I did. And I think she believed in me more than I believed in myself when things started and when I was doing what I was doing. So to have someone who has been in the industry for years, like not doubt you definitely gives you enough encouragement to keep going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you were in university, was that your plan to become an <laughs> entrepreneur when you finished school? Or how did that happen? So I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur from the age of like, four, five, I was taking my family through the woods and charging them like 50 cents for the museum tour of nature. I love it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely in me as an individual. And then when I was in school and, you know, interning, working and doing a double thesis, I was like, I'm not going to be an entrepreneur. That's so much work. I'll do that later in my life. Like I'll get experience, I'll get paid vacation and benefits and all that good stuff. And then once I showed my thesis collection, there was a really good response from the industry and people on social media. And this is when Instagram was like starting to take off in terms of you'd follow people that weren't your friends and would message Mm -hmm. each other. And it was very cool. And so people were asking when and where they could buy the product. And I thought, you know what? I have no responsibilities other than myself at this ripe age of 23. So I might as well take the leap of faith and just go for it. Insane. I love hearing (laughs) when people have like that like entrepreneurial bug. Did you come from parents who were entrepreneurs? My dad was kind of an entrepreneur in his younger years. He only worked for a little bit of his life because of some health problems. So he was my aunt's an entrepreneur. I worked for a female business owner. My first job was a female business owner. And I didn't realize how impactful that was to have a boss Mm -hmm. as a woman and her running an entire business. So I think seeing those small things exemplified in front of me was really beneficial for me to not think that this wouldn't be possible for me. Mm -hmm. And how have you seen the lingerie space evolve since you've launched? Like, do you think it would be as well received now since it maybe is more saturated or what's your take on that? I would definitely say the space has finally allowed newcomers to come in. So when I launched in 2014, it really was dominated by the major players and small, medium-sized businesses were very unheard of in that space. 
Now I would say it has grown exponentially in terms of the small and medium-sized businesses. We've seen a lot of the bigger companies lose market share and try to pivot in terms of being inclusive and showing different body types and all these conversations. Victoria's that, Secret? Yes. Yeah. What we're yeah. all <laughs> trying to have, but these brands weren't doing early on. I think launching now, there's more space for the consumers to look to a new brand, but it is extremely saturated right now. Like I would say almost everyone and their cousin wants to have a lingerie brand or at least have like lingerie a part of their collection. So it's, it is hard to stand out. And to be honest, like with a bra and underwear, you have very little square footage of fabric to do much with. So there's not a lot of variations of what you can do. Like it really is everyone's kind of trying to do the same thing at the end of the day. That's a really interesting point. I was actually, I was listening to you on another podcast and you were saying that because you don't do wire, because you don't do push up, because you don't do a ton of lace, you are limited in general. How does mm-hmm. the design component work? Are you the sole designer? I am the sole designer, but I'm always asking people for their ideas or inspiration nice. or things that they're looking for, because if more people are looking for it, then it's probably going to do well. But a lot of the design follows like just regular fashion trends of what's going on. Like right now we see athleisure, people are, you know, wearing sweatsuits because they're working from home, like all these different things. So a lot of people who would have never thought about getting rid of their nude underwire bra are now looking to something that maybe feels just as comfortable, but it doesn't have to be padded or doesn't have to be push up. And so trying to see what's happening in the industry as a whole and in, in other categories as well. And I think having fun within lingerie to an extent. So it is something that you're excited about putting on in the morning. It shouldn't just be a garment for function. Even if the main focus is function, there is design to it that makes you feel more empowered while you wear it. Where do you see Mary Young in five years or 10 years? Oh my gosh. Well, Mary Young in five or 10 years, hopefully we'll just still be doing what we're doing. I think the biggest thing is we started to empower women. We want those who wake up in the morning, they are in a hurry, they have a lot on the go. The first thing you put on is your bra and underwear. It's sort of your base layer for your day. And if you are trying to squeeze yourself into something that doesn't feel like you, or you're trying to portray something that's not you, that energy will carry with you for the rest of the day. And we really just want anyone who wears our products to start their day feeling confident and empowered. So my goal in five to 10 years is just continuing that ripple effect and doing it with every product that we have, every person that we touch, and just making sure that we're leaving people feeling more positive than they were beforehand. Yeah. Ah. No, it's so true. How do you think your role is going to change in the next 10 years? Well, I'm working on changing my role to actually be like the CEO and designer because as you know, entrepreneurs wear... I don't know, 45 hats on any given day. So minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. I'm just like, I feel like I'm on (laughs) a spinning wheel and I'm stopping and working on something and spinning and stopping and working on something. Mm -hmm. But I think as the brand continues to grow and I'm building up my team, which is already an amazing team, but just continuing like building that foundation to continue to grow up, I'll be able to be more of a creative director and oversee the vision and the life of the brand and continue to just you know, spread that message and the why of what we do, because we are so much more than intimates. Ah, I can totally see it. I love it. (laughs) Before we deep dive into some more topics, let's go through our quick hit questions. So first one we've got for you is what trait do you most attribute to your success? 
I think my perseverance is my biggest trait because it is something I've had from a very young age. And truly, you're going to hear a lot of no's in your life, and even more as an entrepreneur. And as long as you continue to persevere, you'll you'll find success. Okay, I need to I need to dig on this a little bit because you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation that if you knew then what you know now about entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be quite so glamorous and it might have changed things. How did that play into or how does that relate to perseverance for you? So I think if I knew when I was younger that I'm not sprinting a marathon, I am running a marathon, that would really help because in this digital world we live in, everyone wants success and everyone thinks it's overnight success and it's this and it's that. And once you get this, you're going to be there, you're going to be successful. And I think a lot of what I've done over the past seven years is sprint past different goals that I've had to get to the next one. And I've never slowed down to recognize like the 15 kilometer mark or the 20 kilometer mark and really like take that in. And I think being able to define success for yourself allows you to really slow down and run the marathon versus like trying to sprint to the end. Did my dad pay you? That's literally what he says every single time we're on the call. Like, oh, I don't know. I bought like a rental property last year and I was like, okay, now I have to think about the next one. And he's like, can you chill out for two seconds and just be happy with what happened? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, I really don't think I can. So I, yeah, it's a work in progress. It's hard. It's hard. I have this conversation with myself, I think every day about being like, breathe, slow down, look out the window, realize what you've done, look back and see what you've accomplished. Like don't always look forward. Yeah. Do you have a dog? I don't, but I feel like I should have one because I'm that weird person like walking in the morning with everyone who has dogs. And I'm like, I'm walking by myself. And I'm like, it would just look better if I had a dog. Mary, I'm going to come walk with you. I do the exact same thing. But I, I had a coach, a business coach, and she was like, you need to get a dog. I'm like, okay. And she said, it's because a dog makes you more present. You can't be off in la la land all the time. It forces you to slow down to go for the walks and to take time mm-hmm. to care for someone else or something else, I should say. So maybe a puppy's in your future. Maybe, yeah, maybe a puppy is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna save that little nugget of advice for when I'm trying to convince my husband we need a puppy. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Next question is, how would you describe yourself? Ooh, I would describe myself as uh, an empath to a T, someone who mm-hmm. is almost too aware of others, but that can be seen as a fault. But to me, it's a positive and I'm always trying to soak life up. Ah, oh, that's amazing. And I like how you said you see it as a positive. I'm just a very sensitive person. So I get what you mean. I pick up on people's emotions and mm-hmm. it can become overwhelming. And there's definitely been times in my life I'm told I'm too sensitive, but I think there is so much power in that because it's something that not everyone has. I think in a lot of ways it can be really helpful as long as you kind of learn to guard it yes. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so it can boundaries. become a little exhausting. Yeah. Boundaries yeah. are very key. Yeah. Speaking of boundaries, or well, kind of, what gives you energy? I think there's two things that give me energy. One is sleep because it truly is fuel. And then the second thing is making sure I spend enough time by myself doing what I love. So I'm an extroverted introvert. If you meet me, you would think I'm extroverted, but I get all of my energy from being alone. So I need to really make sure I have my nights of eating popcorn in bed, watching TV and doing nothing and having my phone like meters away from me so I don't have to answer to anyone. I think those are the the moments that I really start to feel more like myself and ready for the next day. I have never heard that before. An extroverted (laughs) introvert. I'm stealing that. I know. I I probably should have. It sounds very obvious when you say it out loud, but I like that. (laughs) 
I think it's fair. I think a lot of us actually are. We just don't know it. Yeah. People mistake what extrovert introvert means. Like if you're an introvert, it doesn't mean you don't like being around people. It just means you get energy from being by yourself. And yeah, I'm the same way. I think this is why I was actually okay during COVID is because I just love being by myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's really my safe space. So yes, absolutely. Okay. Next question. What advice do you have for your younger self? So I think my advice that I shared earlier about the not sprinting Mm -hmm. a marathon is probably the best advice. And then I think the other thing is to learn how to ask for help because we forget that we are all part of a community and we often think we should be able to do it all alone. And it can be as simple as, you know, asking a friend to come help set something up, like really little things, but just the practice of being able to ask for help is such a monumental one that will only benefit you further in life. I'm actually, I'm going through this right now and I'm trying to decide how much to share versus, you know, protecting people's Mm -hmm. identities. But I'm going through this with a friend where he needs help, I think, but I don't know how to reach out and he doesn't know how to ask. And so now we're sitting here at like a stalemate and neither Mm -hmm. of us are better off. And so I love the idea of learning and building a muscle of asking for help so that when this stuff happens, which we know it will, you're Mm -hmm. not doing it alone. Exactly. Yeah. If you start with small things like small tasks, then when life really does hit you with the curveball, because it will, you are able to ask for help and you've done it before and you've received it. So you know how to ask and receive help. Yeah, 100%. Well, the next question for you is what is the last book that you've read? I think the last book that I finished reading because I'm constantly in the midst (laughs) of like multiple books. The last one I finished reading was When Breath Becomes Air. And it's a, oh, do you guys know what book it is? I've read it, yes. Have you read it? I literally lent it to you. I know. It's on my dresser right now because every time I open it, I just start bawling. Yes. It's so sad, but it's such a, again, the whole like sprinting a marathon. It's so important to remember because if we think we're always trying to cross the finish line, the reality is the finish line is death. So why are we rushing to die? Oh my gosh, I just got goosebumps. It is such a good book. And I think it's a great book for anyone to read. But like you said, especially for entrepreneurs, it it really brings you back to like what's actually important and Mm -hmm. are these things that you feel are so do or die, like they aren't actually, (laughs) you're you're not going to die. It'll get done. Yeah. Me and Kelsey were in Mexico a few years ago and I read that there and the amount of times Kelsey looked over at me on the beach, just like with tears. Just like one lonely little tear under her sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's such a good book. You want to cry, but you're not sure like how to start crying. Just pick up that book. You'll let it all go. Pick it up. I called Emma and I was like, Emma, I don't know what's happening. This feels so weird. And she's like, what? Just talk me through it. And I was like, it feels good to feel sad. And she's like, welcome to the second half of your life. She's like, I figured this out years ago. And it's about time. But it is. Sometimes you just need that. You do. Love a good cry. Okay, next question. What's a brand other than your own that you're loving right now? A brand that I've been loving for a while is Tower 28 Beauty. They're based in LA, but they have some really nice, simple makeup products for a simple girl like myself who doesn't speak makeup that well. I love their products because I feel like I'm doing a good job with my makeup, but I'm not doing much at all. So that and their branding is just really cool. Their logo looks cool and I feel like I want to be cool by wearing their makeup. Yes. That's a good answer. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Their, their social is so beautiful. Yeah. Stunning. Wow. Okay. Great answer. Great answer. Okay. Next question. What's something you don't understand? Oh, my gosh. How to invest money, cryptocurrency, stocks, like all the money making schemes. I say this to my friends all the time. I'm like, did I not get a memo 
on my desk <laughs> of like how to do the money thing because like yeah I'm not bad at it but I, like all my friends that are like yeah well I invested in this and then you know the return was and they're like now I just bought this car cash I'm like what you could buy a car cash from some <laughs> stock that you did one time like I don't I went to Tim Hortons like the other week. I don't know. I'm so confused. <laughs> so if anyone has advice out there and like really simple, like spell it out advice on how to invest and make money, I guess, really quick or like safely, yeah. but not too risky, but the right risk, like please DM me because I'm ready. I'm ready to make more money. <laughs> I feel you. Honestly, like I spend so many of my evenings before bed, I put on a YouTube video about crypto and I like yeah. listen to it while I fall asleep and I'm like hoping it'll absorb into my like, mind. <laughs> but then it puts me to sleep. So I don't know. You're so aware. I totally know how like the blockchain works up here. So if your subconscious <laughs> was doing your trading, we'd be good to go. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Okay, last one is who do you think gets it? The person I think gets it is this really interesting woman. Her name is Olivia. She goes by Organic Olivia. And she has a podcast. She has her own product line. She talks about health. And I love to talk about health. And I feel like I want to be her best friend. I don't know if she wants to be mine. But Olivia, if you're out there, I'm waiting for a new best friend. <laughs> We've Someone else mentioned her, didn't they, Em? She sounds so familiar. The name sounds familiar. I feel like I've definitely seen her on Instagram or something, but now I want to go listen to her podcast. Yeah. yeah. It might have been Steph G from G Beauty. Oh, maybe. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. like she would know who Organic Olivia is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will wrap up this first part of our conversation here. Mary, thanks so much. And we'll have more episodes coming out with Mary later this week. Woo. Okay, that was a good one. Like I said, <laughs> Mary's sounding story is so cool. Actually, funny story, I actually applied to the Ryerson fashion marketing program. I didn't know that. I went into my undergrad, didn't get in. But anyway, so it's kind of here cool to hear. You get to live vicariously through Mary now. Yeah. And you know what? Our our paths end up crossing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I didn't get into the program, but I still know people who did. Okay. And I talked to them <laughs> now on my podcast. So whatever. Um, but no, it all works out. It all works out. It's all good. But anyways, I think it's um, really cool to hear about Mary's story. Ryerson does sound like a great school. So that's cool. <laughs> For anyone thinking about it, you should probably still apply, especially if you know that Mary's outcome is a possibility. Yeah. I'm not no, salty it, about the fact that I didn't get it. Okay. I'm really, just you've, you've grown so much since then. But anyways, so in our next episode with Mary, we're talking about production in Canada. So Mary is all produced in Canada in Montreal, which is actually something that's very rare nowadays. Yeah. We hear a lot of businesses talk about how costly it is, how hard it is to produce in Canada. And a lot of people go offshore. But in the next episode, Mary talks about how it is possible, why it's important to do. And she gives some really good tips on if you're wanting to start your own line. What are the things you should be thinking about? I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about the Ryerson thing. <laughs> That's too funny. And you held it together the entire time we were talking to Mary about it. You're like, wow, that's so interesting. And now the truth comes out. <laughs> yes. Now the truth comes out. Yes. I wonder oh. what my life would have looked like if I had got in. I don't know. You I might. Like it now. Yeah, I like it now too, but you might have been the founder of an inclusive lingerie brand. You never know. You never know, but I think Mary's the one to do it. So she really is. She we're really gonna is. let her. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk <laughs> manufacturing. We'll see Next. you. In a couple of days for the next part of this three-part mini-series where Mary goes into the details and the behind the scenes. We love it. See you soon. Bye.